Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphen Nation. That's right, we back, baby. Um, I am your host, Kellen Conley, and tonight, tonight, I have a guest with me, someone who's never been on the show before, someone I've been friends with through the Twitter um, for many years, and he, he, what happened, see, I was posting about the Marshall Mathers LP having his 20th anniversary a few months ago, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And he was like, yo, I would love to do the Eminem show sometime. And I was, of course, like, yeah, that that's that's totally cool. And then he actually came back to me. He's like, no, really? I want to do the Eminem <laughs> show with you sometime. And I was like, cool, hit me up in August. And then he hit me up again. He's like, it's August. I'm like, I completely forgot. So let's go ahead and uh, get this down. So ladies and gentlemen, Lance Roberson, welcome to the show man how are you tonight man i'm doing lovely thank you uh just watching some nba games throughout the day and Fun i listened to the album i tried to listen to it a couple minutes before my fiance left to work and she literally told me whoever wants to listen to eminem right before they go into work and she said nobody she's like <laughs> she goes he sounds so angry i was like i know that's what's great he sounds I, angry i, I listened to, to the album on my way to work this morning and i was totally ready to go man it, it, it's put me in the right mood so so lance tell the people a little bit about you because um for those who've been listening to podcasts for a few years i had mentioned a long time ago that i joined a site called 16winsring.com to write about nba stuff the site folded probably about a year or so later um but it, what happened is when you join up they're like follow everybody on the list and i'm like okay and so i followed everybody and so lance uh, tell the people a little bit about who you are and how we got here essentially all right so i guess i'm one of the blog boys uh i just <laughs> write about basketball uh mainly dallas mavericks but I, I love to delve into many other teams as well and yeah man uh on my uh in the midst of trying to create my own podcast right now but as uh kellen knows it's a little uh complicated when you're first getting your feet wet and stuff so that'll oh, yes now some will come later or whatever but yeah i just love uh reading your tweets and i know you like a lot of uh underground hip-hop and just like not a lot of mainstream and i appreciate it and yeah i don't know i just i've i hate saying this word but i i vibe with a lot of your opinions and and things like that so i just i heard the eminem uh the marshall mathers podcast that you did with your friend and i was just like yeah. man, i gotta get on here I yeah got, i gotta talk about this one this eminem album well first of all i appreciate that the, the whole comment about vibing and everything mm -hmm. it really makes me feel good because sometimes I, I for i throw tweets out there and i just know they just go out in the void or whatever so it's nice to know that uh someone besides my friends are listening but uh yeah uh that was the episode of catch the show another uh podcast that's on hyphen podcast group and that's by my friend E.G. And then uh, my co-host Marcus Robinson was on there with me. And we covered uh, the 20th anniversary. And honestly, I feel like we were we were pretty hard on the record. Like, I don't think there was a lot of us talking about good things we liked about it as, as critically acclaimed as it was. And I was like, man, at the end, I was just kind of like, we kind of trashed the whole record. So the fact that I get to come on and talk about what is my favorite Eminem project, um, is is very exciting. So so thank you for uh, putting the idea in my head and not letting it go until we got here. So Lance, 
Eminem, specifically yes. the Eminem show. When do you first remember hearing the album? Uh, when it came out, uh, however, I was, I think, 12 or 13. You know, Eminem, he usually has those silly singles come out first. Yes. So Without Me came out, and I was like, oh, making fun of NSYNC and Limp Biscuit and I think Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. or some of, you know, the usual pop stars he attacks, right? Oh, yeah, of course. And as a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing ever until I got older. But <laughs> uh, I just remember that track, and I was like, this is fun. But then when I actually got my hands on the album, I was, I was not used to what I was hearing from him. I'm used to him being really, really silly. And I mean, yeah, it has lyrical prowess, but uh, not in a mature way. So this is my first time appreciating Eminem for, I mean, this is crazy to say, but having a mature record. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, cu- I couldn't agree more because um, now I'm going to show my age. So when this came out, it was May 26, 2002. I may or may not be reading that. But um, yeah, I had just turned... Um, I was only a year out of high school at this point, so I, I was only 19 years old. And a uh, funny thing was, I, I was never I was never a huge Eminem fan. Like previously, I stated on Catch the Show, I did enjoy the Marshall Mathers LP and the Slim Shady LP and Infinite and going on down his earlier projects. But what really kind of grabbed me <laughs> was, uh, um, I I can't remember if. When did Eight Mile come out? Eight Mile came out in 03 or did Eight Mile come out in 2002? I think it was 03. I think it was a year after. Okay, so it was a year after this. I believe. Without me, when it came out, let me me get my story straight. Um, It was his third silly single because, of course, you have My Name Is, which is kind of a classic now, and Uh it still ironically holds up. Uh, Slim Shady LP is, or not Slim Shady, the real Slim Shady, it's really rough at times because that's when he is attacking all the pop stars and it's still it's okay Mm -hmm. but the funny thing about without me in in this record he he attacks moby and then there's a a few other jabs at other people and as silly as this song is like he's he's really rapping on the song yeah is the whole thing Mm -hmm. and the beat Mm -hmm. is great and i heard this song and i saw the video and i was like i mean it's dumb eminem but at the same time it's Great Eminem, like I don't know what to make of this. I've created a monster, cause nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want shady, I'm chopped liver. Well, if you want shady, this is what I'll give you. A little bit of weed mixes some hard liquor. Like and just just from the opening salvo in that video, I, I was just compelled that I wanted to listen to. I was like, I want to listen to this Eminem album. I like, I want to get my hands on it. So without me, definitely drew me in just just from the first video. The video enhances a song too. So back in the day when videos actually were cool and were actually something you were looking forward to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That really, the video really made it pop too. The video was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was colorful. I mean, it wasn't, it was goofy. I mean, that's when him and Dr. Dre dressed up as Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah. So it, it had a goofy factor to it, but it was a really fun record. And to, to this day, like even even the two trailer park girls go around the outside, yeah, around the outside, around <laughs> the outside. It's like that's highly offensive, but you know what? That's funny. That yeah. holds up. He can get away with saying that in 2020, ironically enough. Yeah. So so it really worked. So after after the um, album came out, I came home from college and I was like, I'm gonna get this album. I ain't paying for it. I'm just gonna say it. I, I bootlegged the shit out of this. <laughs> And oh, by the way, you can curse if you feel the need. Anyway, gotcha. <laughs> you're good, Lance. Um, yeah, man, like I downloaded this off of 
one of the file sharing sites, Napster was already dead. So I want to say it was like uh maybe LimeWire was was the big one then. Yeah, yeah. like uh and it took I was on dial up, I downloaded like a song a day, and the album itself is like 20 <laughs> tracks, and it took forever, and there was a couple tracks that just wouldn't download, and then finally I got the whole thing put together. And and then I, I started up Curtains Up, man, and, and then White America started. And I was just in for a it, – it just – I didn't know I was in for the ride that I was in for. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, put it this way. He says, if I was black, I would have sold half. Boom. <laughs> I mean, right there. We already know what we're in for. Like As a young white kid, I didn't fully understand what he was talking about. You know, I kind of did, right? I'm not stupid, but as an adult, you're like – Eminem knew what white privilege was before most white Americans knew what white privilege was, like what it meant. He really did. He he was definitely on the cutting edge of that. He um probably because he came after so many failed right white rappers like the Vanilla Isis mm-hmm. and then uh maybe your snow if you want to go to the former days. And then Everlast had just came back out as a um from House of Pain to putting out songs like <laughs> What It's Like. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, so there was some credible white rappers out there, but there had never been anybody yeah. who was on his level and as popular as him because when he came out, he just shot off like a rocket. And this is this is him at the peak of his powers. I feel like this is his apex, um, yeah. in my opinion. We're, we're going to say a lot of good things about Eminem here. So get ready for it. Uh, so I, I I just really love this album, Top to Finish. Uh, top to Finish. Yeah, it works. So... Let's ju- just jump into the album proper. We already kind of talked about Without Me a little bit, but uh, what track uh, do you want to start with? Uh, I mean, White America's, I think it, I mean, I think it's the first song on the album after yes, the it skit, is. and I, it really sets what you're about to, what you should uh, be uh, expecting to experience with this album. Like, you're like, okay, he he started off with a serious track, and yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's da-na-da-na-da. White America! Africa loves my shit! It's like really angry and it's like he has a message and he's really angry but it's it's really powerful record yeah he he goes for it he really goes for it on this one i I really appreciate it especially now when i was listening to it i was like man he's speaking a lot of truth and then he gets in the whole bush administration thing which you'll see throughout the album you know Mm -hmm. so it's like the first time i think he's like really socially conscious yeah, because everything else, he's making fun of Bill Clinton and everything, so he really didn't have much to go off of. Because no. <laughs> Bill Clinton, I mean, uh, right. whatever your opinion of him is, he was he did a, got into a lot of funny situations. <laughs> and George W. and Dick Cheney, they got into a lot of serious situations that mm-hmm. weren't as funny. So No, hard to laugh at some of the stuff that happened back in that era. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you're, not, you're not kidding at all. So you, you had said that you had uh, picked out some lyrics from a, a few records. Did you have any from yes. White America? Uh, I mean, honestly, I just, for that one, there was plenty to go through, but I just did that if I was black, I would have sold half because I think that record is still quoted today. And it's just, I mean, that's huge. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I think it's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent. Cause if anybody else came out and was doing the shock raps that Eminem was doing yeah. or the silly singles, Right. Or the silly videos, and you know, and if they were black, it, it wouldn't work. It absolutely wouldn't work. He wouldn't get the media coverage that um, Eminem got, right. or or she. And it, it, he's a hundred percent correct, and he's very woke in that statement yeah. at the time. 
I mean, that's there was a lot of stuff that was. I mean, it was it was talking about a lot more in there, but that was what really stood out for me. Some of these other songs have a lot more quotes, and that's more so because of like a lyrical ability and stuff. But that was just, I mean, that's I just knew what I was in for when I heard that song. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty serious subject right there. And <clears throat> the funny thing is, uh, he at the end of the record he uh, makes the play about I'm just playing America. You know, I love you. And of course, you go back to kill you. The first song off the Marshall Mathers LP. Mm-hmm. That's after he just said all this horrible things about all these women, even though I really love Kill You and I know I shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, he goes, I'm just playing, ladies. You know I love you. So it's nice to have that little callback. Um, <laughs> just 10 seconds after he's like, uh, he tells off uh, Miss Cheney and Tipper Gore um, yeah. for the parental advisory stickers. Yeah. Never, never afraid to um, really get into it. So, and the thing I love about White America is as much crap as he gets about, oh, he just screams when he raps now. Like, you don't hear it as mm-hmm. much as you did a few years ago. But, I mean, there there it was, even back then. Yeah. But he made it work. And right. did he produce this record, too? I can't remember. I, I mean, and that's one thing I should have went back and did. I did not look at the production credits yeah. or anything. I was just listening to the music. And, you know, you assume that Dre was on a decent amount of it. But, you know, Dre doesn't do every record. But yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Oh yeah, Eminem produces. It sounds like it. Just, yeah, dun, there we go. Dun, yeah, it sounds like that Eminem drums. That must have was that. That's probably when he first started getting into it, right? Because I think he did. It was didn't he do uh, the cross for Nas? I think he did the cross. Yes, for Nas. He, did he did the cross, right? For Nas. So, and so those kind of beats, done, you can kind of tell with his influence, you know. Yeah, he had done um the record with Jay Z on the Blueprint. Um, uh, oh my God, I can't believe Renegade. I can't. Thank you. Yes. Renegade. He had done Renegade. So you probably know the story, but supposedly Em and Royce already had recorded Renegade and then something have happened. Have you heard I, the original version of Renegade? I have not heard the original version, but I heard the original story that it was supposed to be Em and Royce and then something okay. happened. Well, I think they started beefing, I think. And then no, 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 not even Em threw Jay on or something it, like that. It, it I've heard something like, like that. that. Um, what had happened is they had done the record. Mm-hmm. And then Jay had came to Eminem and said, hey, I want to try to get you on this album. Oh, and he was playing them records. He played them uh, Renegade. And Jay was like, I want to get on this record. So Em called Royce and was like, hey, Jay-Z wants to take your place on the record. <laughs> like, got you. I understand. And Royce got off the record. Because Eminem and Royce, while they had periods where they didn't talk, mm-hmm. I don't think they truly ever was at each other. Even like in Royce's dark years and Em's drug addiction years, it was never right. really beef there. Um, but if you go to YouTube and search a uh, renegade or original version, I believe Royce's version is on there. I got to hear that. It, it's so dope. It's I so dope. That. I love Royce. I'm a big Royce fan. He's so consistent. I, I was just listening to him. I forgot what project it was, but the project had just came out like a, oh, it was a ransom track. That's what it was. Ransom just came out with a track. Yeah. A New Jersey rapper. He came out with a track like last year or two years ago. Okay. And Royce was on it. And I mean, I was like, man, Royce hasn't skipped a step. No, absolutely not, man. The, I, his... The album he put out, um, not his most recent one he put out earlier this year, but the one before that, mm-hmm. um, I really loved that whole album and the whole concept, and I've been a fan for years. But uh, this isn't the Royce 5-9 podcast. <laughs> Maybe we can do it another time. Sorry about that. I just no, It no, just no, made no. me think about Royce. No, man. Uh, Tangents is uh, what Hyphen Nation is built on, so that's perfectly <laughs> fine. Uh, but yeah, Eminem produced this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to jump to another record here that I love. Let me get to the track listing. So... Um, let's just get this out of the way because we came in on talking about it. Um, what arguably, no, it's not even arguably, the worst record on the album, um, mm-hmm. would, for me, would be Drips. That's why I ain't got no time. 
Which is our first introduction to Ovi Trace, even though M shouted out Ovi Trace on the beginning of Without Me. Um, Big which, shout out. Yeah, yeah. Ovi, and it wasn't even a shout out. It was literally lyrics from what became the Eight Mile soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Ovi Trace, real name, no this gimmicks. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Um, Drips is a song about how Ovi Trace and Eminem had sex with this girl that gave them both STDs. That's what Genius says. <laughs> mm. And the crazy thing about this record. Lance is as long as I've heard this album, this album is now uh 18 years old. Um every time I start this record, I'll be like, I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna skip it. And then that hook and that's why I ain't got no time. And it's like, all right, I'm not, I'm not, and then it's like you get the Obi's verse, and it's like this is so nasty. But <laughs> I can't skip it. I have a problem. I never skip this song. I always want to. I haven't. There's been times I have. But most of the time, I'm not skipping drips, even though it's the worst song on the album. Man, I can't help it. I can't help it. I mean, it sounds good. The production, the hook, like I said, it's catchy. But man, when you start getting into it, you're like, man, like I, like when I told you before we started recording, when he said something about kicking her down the stairs. And I'm like, as a kid, I was like, I can get through these lyrics fine. But now it's like, man, like, yeah. Oh yeah, man! Mm -hmm. Like it's it's you want to say it's funny, but you're like I don't know if it's even funny at this point. Like it's just it's just something they did at this point. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and yeah, like, yeah, and then, I mean it wasn't even something they did because the violence against everybody was just in Eminem's repertoire at that point. Right. And the Eminem show was so toned down for Marshall Mathers, though. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean he's still dropping f bombs and and saying crazy stuff, but uh. I think I can live with kick someone down the stairs and hopefully they live compared to a track like Kim. So this is true. Um, Still gives me nightmares. I can't play as adult. When I was a kid, I would literally get scared and I turn it off. It was, it's just, it's a very scary record, even yeah, for a kid. Yeah, man. Like, like I was in high school when Marshall Mathers came out and I would listen to that. I'd listen to my, uh, listen to the album on my way home on the bus and listening to kim man it was just it was just so such a surreal thing and obviously it hasn't aged well so <laughs> i'll take i'll take this any day compared to uh that first record or bonnie and clyde 90 97 yeah. at least this was fun spirited i guess you can say like they were yeah not being too serious i guess i mean it's one positive. <laughs> yeah it made me want to get checked i know that i was like man I, do i need to get checked man I, this is this is just an icky record man yeah, it, it definitely is an icky record. Um, um, I have a problem though because I'd never turn it off because I just find something that that hook just drags me in. Yeah, and then I like I really like Obi Trice. Um, shout out to Obi. Um, uh, he released two albums on Shady, and then as you said earlier, I believe he went different ways. Let's do a little podcast and one on one on Obi Trice. Well, real, real quick, let's go to the Googler. And see when his last project was. Let's see if Obi's still out here doing it. Let's hope he is. Last album was called The Filth. Good for him. It was August 23rd, 2019. So oh, nice. if for anybody who wants to check that out, um, it, um hopefully it's on streaming services. It's called The Filth. 
it's only it's about to be a year old and you can get your uh, ob trace fixes that's only his fourth album that he actually wow. dropped fifth only round, four fifth album fifth. Sorry. even then that's not i mean he's been out since what oh four because he did cheers yeah first? cheers is oh three and yeah, then 03. uh second round was oh six second mm-hmm. round's on me then bottoms up the hangover he's sticking to a theme and then yeah. finally he's is, oh, I'm sorry. It's not the filth. It's the fifth because he's still going mm. with the drinking theme. Man, I got to love the commitment. You just got to respect it. Yeah. That's yeah, a fun absolutely. theme, right? That's a fun theme. It, it is. It, it's <laughs> way better than several things we can mention. But um, Lance, I'm going to pass it to you. What record would you like to take on next? All right. Well, I'm going to go for the one that probably has the most uh, meaningful quotes to me is Sing for the Moment. Ooh, such a hard sample. Such a hard sample. Yeah. Produced by Eminem. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first time you heard this song by chance? Uh, uh, because... I, I mean, I do. And I, yeah. I remember, I mean, it's, I mean, when, when I go by quotes, these are like, just like multiple lines. And some of them are just like four bars together. Cause it's just, he's strung together words a lot mm-hmm. in here. And he told a story, his own story, but he also told my story. So I, I just want to, I want to read you. I want to read you uh, some quotes and it's just kind of like why it resonates with me. Love it. So he goes, we sing for these kids who don't have a thing except a dream in a fucking rap magazine. Post pictures on their wall all day long, idolize their favorite rappers and know all their songs. Or for anyone who ever has been through shit in their lives until they sit and cry at night wishing they die until they throw on a a rap record and they sit and they vibe. We're nothing to you, but we're the fucking shit in their eyes. I was like, holy shit. Kids who don't have a thing Except for a dream in a fucking rat magazine Who post pictures on their walls all day long Idolize their favorite rappers I mean, that hit me so hard This record is definitely one of the more mature ones That we were talking about this album Having a more mature theme uh, The Aerosmith sample One of my favorite, probably my favorite Aerosmith song ever Dream On and for uh, like you hear certain samples of songs, you're like, like, oh, man, this is either going to be great or it's not going to be great. Right. It's either going or it's going to be too much of the sample. And Eminem really finds a way to make this record his own. And like you said, he just tells his story, man, um, that the ending of that third verse is great. Um, I, I love the way that he comes in with it. Um just talking about how it's so scary in that house it allows no swearing to see him walk around with his headphones blaring alone in his own zone cold and he don't care he's a problem child of what bothers him all comes out like it's, it sounds way better when he says it and when he talks about his fucking dad walking out uh like as you said it's just relatable man so many kids no matter uh what nationality race whatever grew up without parents whether it be mothers or dads and em is giving it to both parents on this whole album he's not shying right. away from anything now in recent years he has backed off his statements about debbie his mother um but he's let just kind of letting them all have it he even has some shots for kim which we'll address here when we get to um uh, get to that record uh say goodbye about yeah say goodbye to hollywood yeah um, another another very uh i mean you, you see a lot of eminem's life and that's all yeah yeah and <clears throat> I mean, hell, he was even saying in um, Clean Out My Closet that it's, he's glad he took the bullets out of the gun because he was mad he saw Kim with that dude and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they were married, so I, I can understand that, but not not taking it to that level. I'm glad it didn't go there. But even the hook, he, he lets 
the epic Aerosmith hook just breathe through it and then just adds his ad libs to it and just he just heightens it and he just builds and builds and then you jump into the next verse entertainment is changing and entwining with gangsters in the land of the killings of sinner's mind is a sanctum like like what like it's a nasty line entertainment yeah. is changing like that's the dawn of a new uh decade uh, it was only two years in the 2000s intertwining with gangsters which is him kind of talking about Dr. Dre and, and his relationship with him and Dr. Right. Dre, NWA, World's Most Dangerous Group, and then Dre's from Compton. And, of course, just gangsters being related to rap music. And Atlanta Killers, a sinner's mind is a sanctum. Like, that, that's Holy or mess. unholy. Like, um, yeah. And he keeps going. Oh, yeah. Only have one homie. And yeah. I know he was talking about proof. Oh, no. And then he said, only this gun. And like I, you could take out either way. You could be talking about proof in one line, mm-hmm. but then he turns it around. He's like, "Only this gun, lonely because I don't know anyone know me." Yeah, Whew, Lance, this this record's just great, man. Lyricism, <laughs> lyricism, and and a great single. I believe it was a single, wasn't it? It had to have been a single. I remember um, the video. I, I believe so. Let let me get to uh, my Wikipedia page because I, I it was probably I, like I, a third single. This was back when uh, artists could have like four singles. I think he had five singles off of this. Yeah. let's That's let's run them down. That's a crazy time. To yes. Be. Without Me was the first single. Cleaning mm-hmm. Out My Closet, Superman, mm-hmm. Sing for the Moment, and Business. So he was releasing singles for the whole Business year. was a single too, huh? I just thought that was a diss track. <laughs> no, he, crazy. he put out Business too, man. Wow. And I don't remember that because he only did four videos. I don't think Business had an official video. If there's oh, a I'm Business sorry. video I'm out thinking there. of uh, Say What You Say of a diss track. Like, yeah, yeah. Never yeah, that's right. Um. But um, then he, well, no, the cannabis disc is known until it's all square dance. Uh, yeah. But he was he was also taking shots at people who mattered too on this album, which we'll get into. See, this is another thing I love about this album. I'm talking a lot, but and like everything leads to another. It's so cohesive, and 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 I just love it, man. So sing for the moment is definitely, uh, I'd say top ten Eminem record of all time. Would you say? Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, that's I mean. One of the best ways to use a sample ever, because mm-hmm. he let the sample shine. Like he didn't just, you know, put some BS over it. I mean, and it's a great enough, obviously, sample to it's stand alone. Look, I don't have much time. All right, so let me just say something real quick. My name is E.G. and I am the host of two shows that are part of the Hyphen Podcast Group. The first show is called Catch the Show. It's a show where I talk about music-related news and pop culture, upcoming tours that you may want to catch shows of, and I tell you about a show that I call because it's the number one concert review podcast in the world, and I've reviewed shows from Beyonce to Kendrick Lamar to even the Backstreet Boys. So yeah, that's Catch the Show. The other show is called The Underground Monster. Slightly different kind of show, but still music-related. It's where I cover basically underground independent hip-hop, horrorcore and the juggalo culture so yeah if you're interested in either one go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com and or go to your favorite podcast platform and just search for them and hit that subscribe button okay got that cool now let's get you back to the show you were originally listening to But, and then if you notice after he did his, I mean, cause I know I'm a big fan of Joe Budden, right? So Joe Budden, he did a song off of that new sample. Joe Budden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge Joe Budden fan. So he did 
a song off of that, and it was one or two other rappers that did it. And yes, they did good, but obviously there will be no rendition like this one. I mean, the weight that this one carried is like no other. Um, yeah, uh, you you brought you brought it up because I, I did see that tweet uh, about you go saying that button was one of your favorite rappers, man. Mm-hmm. Sing for the moment was on the first mood music. Yes. Uh, came out in a uh, 2000 and uh, four is when the first four. mood music tr- came out. Uh, yeah. I, I got to get on this tangent, man. Uh, what, what does Joe button mean to you? Uh, so when I first got introduced to Joe button, I mean, this is going to kind of sound corny. I was in oh, high man. school, <laughs> but I was little did I know, but I was about to go on, the biggest breakup I've ever had at that point. And he put, yeah, he helped me through a lot. And I was also, uh, I mean, I was going through a lot. I had dropped out of high school, a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of family issues. And obviously his music speaks to that stuff, man. I was not a, I wasn't a user or anything like that, but I, I think I might still suffer from depression from time to time, but back yeah. then it was more heavy. And he, like I said, he speaks to, to you. I mean, this is, it's, it's his music is huge. And plus, I don't think he gets enough uh, credit for what he did for being an artist that uh, put his music through the Internet and talked to his fans via Internet. Yes. I mean, I he used did to be that on the U streams, man. Way before. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, maybe I don't like what he did here, but I mean, the guy was live streaming after he got socked in the face. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. I was I mean, watching that. I'm like, that guy has no shame. And you know, I kind of respect it because most rappers would have hid and tried to change the narrative. And he was just like, ah, I'm gonna wear it on my face and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like he he was totally honest, man. Like, um, uh, again, this could be another episode. So we're going to talk about Royce Mm -hmm. at some point. We're going to talk about button at some point. Um, but button, I hate that he stopped rapping. Mm -hmm. I, I get that the podcast is doing great and he's, he's making money without having to kudos. Yeah, I'm happy for him for that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I, I, I don't love the Joe Budden podcast. Um, only not because they're competition, because by no means. But, um, I, I feel like they just jump around too much and they don't stay on topic. They're not but, organized. Yeah, they're, they're not organized. Apparent. They make but fun people, of themselves for that too. People love it though, is it thing? <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm there for the Joe takes. I, I want mm. like when M a uh, diss Joe on the Kamikaze album. Um, and I saw that video pop up on YouTube. Joe Budden respond, or the, as soon as the the podcast dropped, he's responding to Eminem. I listened to that whole thing, and that was classic Joe because Joe went in there and he was just like, he's like, "Look, Marshall, don't make me, don't make me unretire, Marshall. You don't want me to do that, do you, Marshall?" And even with like the recent shots, he kind of brushed him off. But that Budden wasn't scared of anybody who came at him. Mm, he went no. after everybody. He dissed everybody. Him and Royce came this close yes. to having real beef. I was hoping it would happen. I was really hoping. Because <laughs> Royce kept going at him and, and Joe, I mean, because Joe did a, I remember it was one, I think it was Fonte or, or it was, uh, I think it was Fonte. They did a, some, this thing did like a rap battle thing, but it wasn't really organized. And I think mm-hmm. Fonte backed out of it. I don't think Royce did. And Joe did some bar about it and mentioned Royce and I don't know why Royce got so offended but he did. Royce was a drunk that's why. Yeah <laughs> that's he Royce got was drinking heavy so that I was he like Joe said everything. a lot of bad things I mean even the, the the line he said about Saigon I was like okay I can understand someone getting a little upset about that but Royce getting upset about the, the the thing he mentioned in that one song about the stupid rap battle 
but I was like, screw right. it. Oh, well, I want to see Budden go at it with him because I know both of them would, would spar it out. You know? I, I, I thought for sure it was going to go down, and then uh, they decided they were going to... Uh... But it burst Slaughterhouse, which I can also be happy for, right? Yes. I'm mad, I'm mad that we didn't get... That we haven't got that th- third album that Just well, Plays produced. Like him. Joe was talking about, when he went off on Eminem, there was a lot of stuff of, as to why we didn't get it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Joe is one of my favorite rappers, too. Uh, Move Music too. I can re-listen to that front to back any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And even like I actually bought his first album just off of Pump It Up. And the final track on that album, 10 Minutes, if yeah. I'm in any kind of bad mood, you give me 10 minutes and just sit me down yeah. and let me listen to it. And I, I can just relate to that whole record. He definitely had an online presence before most rappers. He literally, I remember his old website, he had a MP3 streaming thing like it's right right when uh, high speed started hitting everywhere and it had like 50 songs of everything like it any and this is like records you hadn't even heard of and i would just spend hours just listening to that so shout out shout out to joe man and his version of singing for the moment um but back to the eminem show (laughs) (laughs) Had, had to get that in there so it's my turn now so just talked about sing for the moment Let's talk about Haley's song. Okay, yeah. Very popular uh, song for a lot yeah. of mothers, ironically, out there. A lot of women I know love that song. Yeah. And it's it's a very touching record. And it the hook is one of the better hooks I've ever heard, especially from Eminem. Yeah, yeah. Very heartfelt. Um, it, yeah, it, it really is. Uh, uh, it's funny because we, as fans, had known of Haley Jade ever since Eminem mm-hmm. came on the scene. And, of course, we had only heard her... Well, we had, I don't know if we had officially had heard her on a record yet until uh, My Dad's Calling Crazy, because I know that's <laughs> Haley. My dad's going crazy! Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, of course, there, he had used her in the background of uh, Bonnie and Clyde, and then uh, there's been times he was talking to Haley. But this was one of the first records that I know of of a dad sitting down and writing a song for um for his kid, you know, mm-hmm. and I know Mockingbird gets a lot of love from Encore, but th- this is my favorite song, yeah, uh, that he ever did for Haley. Um, it- it's such a beautiful record. He produced it. Um, and like you said, that that hook draws you in, and it's just like you get to, it's like you're just a fly on the wall while he sings a little lullaby to his baby girl, man, and it's a beautiful record. Yeah, that one and um, the song "Destiny" by Nas is, which is yeah, off of a uh, Streets Disciple, I think, which is one of his slept on albums, double disc, I believe. Yeah, uh, those two are probably my favorite songs about someone's child. Yeah, and they're very and, heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe to some they sound corny, but it doesn't matter because that's that was their expression to their kids. So it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks to me. It just happened yeah. to be a great record too. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> Sometimes it feels like the world's on mm-hmm. my side. It's in, in the part where he goes, uh, it all makes sense when I look into her eyes. Sometimes it feels like the world's on my shoulders. Everyone's leaning on me. But sometimes it feels like the world's almost over. 
just mm-hmm. like, yeah, because you're going through all this trials and tribulations. You're, I mean, you really, I mean, you hate your, you hate your wife. You hate whatever, you know, the mother of your child. As yeah. crazy as that sounds, you know, but you do. You're going through all these legal issues, and you and you're on the verge of losing your mind and maybe going to prison or jail. And then you remember, wait, I have a daughter. I got to do better. And that's what this symbolizes to me. And I know a lot of gentlemen that are like that or were like that. They were getting into a lot of trouble, but when they had a child, they strained up. And this is, I think that song symbolizes a lot of that to me. Yeah. yeah, Cause like the the last verse, he he says, here's what I'm facing. Three felonies, six years of probation. Went to jail for this woman. I've been the bat for this woman and taking bats to people's backs. Been over backward for this woman. Man, I should have seen it coming. What I stick my penis up. In. Yes, <laughs> love and, it. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to just use the genius quote here. It says M's referring to his turbulent relationship with Kim. June 2nd, M was arrested for gun charge. Following days, arrested for assault charge when he assaulted a dude named John Guerrero. Hara Carfe. I saw Kim kissing. Uh, and then, of course, the pistol whipping was mentioned on uh, Sing for the Moment. And, yeah, and the funny thing is he he did get probation. And um, one of my favorite Eminem bars that came, w- when did he drop that record? It was, it was probably a few months later. It was a year later. Um, it's uh, Eminem. Uh, he jumped on a remix of 50 Cent's record with Biggie, the realest, the realest uh, niggas. Oh, I could, man, yeah, I realest, barely vaguely remember realest, that. Like, huh? 50 cent MBIG, man. Uh, you know? And mm. then M gets on there and just does his amazing verse. And that's when he, he makes the first reference to taking a plane and flying it to, into um, Shady Towers or something like that. Um, or something about if you've got a problem with me, t- take a plane and fly it into my building. It's mm. a hard bar. He sounds like way better than me. But the, my favorite thing is he's talking shit at the end of the record. And he's like, and I'm off probation in less than six months. <laughs> and that's when he's having problems with Ja Rule and he's jumping in all of 50s beefs and stuff. And it was just like, that's just so hard, man. Like Stressful like, times for Eminem. Oh my yeah. goodness. Stressful times. And then the Benzino stuff too. It's just stressful oh. times. Stressful. Oh, the Benzino records. Yes. Which were some of the best diss tracks ever to me. Uh, yeah. Nail in the coffin is nail in the I coffin. Mean, I huge. don't want to feel like this. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to hurt no feelings. Yeah, nobody wants to hear the grandfather rap. <laughs> oh, oh man, have heart attacks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for that. So put the mic down and walk away. Uh, Still they, have a little bit of dignity. One yeah. of the best disc records in hip hop history. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. That's why when I, I did my list a long time ago that I put M at, uh, I believe M landed on number two, I think, out of everybody. This is before he dropped like the last three albums. <laughs> but I definitely had him at number three or two. And let me just check real quick because I actually went back and listened to that episode to see where I had him. Eminem was three. Yeah, it was uh, J, Nas, and M for me on the top. Yeah, that, I mean, and yeah, that was me for the longest. And I, I had Pac in mind, and maybe Pac is out of there now. But Pac was in there for the longest. Pac's still top five. Yeah. Pac, Pac made number five for me. And yeah, Pac you can't might, be mad at that. I can't really say Pac has moved up, because my top five is Pac, Biggie, Eminem, Nas, J. So it's real hard for me to... Mm. It's real hard for me to move around that, but... I'm going to revisit that list of sometimes to see how people have been doing because Zim has been fucking up. <laughs> oh, no. Eminem is still my top five. Oh, he got grandfathered in with his older stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, current five, 
He's not even in my current 20. I mean. Yeah, and, and it's crazy because after such a strong start, and then, of course, he went away to the um, going, um, getting clean, comes back, has a rocky start with relapse, even though I love mm-hmm. relapse, um, gets back on his feet with um, um, recovery, and then, he, and then even Marshall Mathers LP, too, he slides in there, and then after that, he's kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to keep rapping, guys, and here it yeah. is what it is. I, I was looking, and we had a whole conversation about Eminem's Trump diss a few years ago on, on the tweets, and I was talking about how, how much I loved it, and you're like, I didn't like the flow. I was like, oh, the flow was awful, but I like what he was saying. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was just, and the way that it was shot to me, it was just awkward, I think, I don't, from what I remember. It, it was, it, yeah, yeah. But that's Eminem. He's not like smoother. He is kind of awkward, honestly. Eminem's awkward. That's one of the things that makes his character his character and makes him work as who who he is, man. It's it's a hundred percent true. All right, so I'm gonna pass it back to you. Um, what track would you like to talk Uh, about? Oh, we we you mentioned it. You alluded to it. So let's go to say goodbye to Hollywood. Another yes, wonderful hook. I mean, he is killing it on the hooks here. I mean. Mm -hmm. Yes, he Why is. do I feel this way and all this <laughs> stuff? It's just like was very this the emotional. First album he was really singing on. Like, am I wrong? To think that he didn't do a whole lot of this. I'm sure he stuff? he did it, but it wasn't like as much as it is here. I mean, there's already what like three tracks alone on here that we're talking yeah. about. He's done it. Like, so I really feel like he he leaned into it on this album. He's just like yeah. like Haley's song. Like that hook is really him right. going for it, you know. And, uh, and obviously. You, we, I don't remember him being good at it too. When this is, he's just showing it off here. He's doing the singy songy thing, but at the same time, he's hitting us with truth. And um, like he says, I didn't sold so many records. I don't want to go to jail. Like, no, who would want to go to jail? Another record he produced. Yeah, he he was all over this album. Say goodbye to Hollywood. That that hook is just mesmerizing. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to Hollywood. One, two, three, four, uh, lost count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, wow. thirteen, fourteen. 11, 12, 13, 14. He had 14 that he produced. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine was co-productions. Um, and Dre only had three actual tracks on here. Okay. And say what you say, one of them? Uh, yes. Yeah, say what you say okay. is definitely a Dre. Pick. That yes. sounds like Dre. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Especially yeah. that era. Yeah. But 100%. man, I, I guess he, uh, he saved the record label uh, some money, I guess, doing it himself. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is, um, uh, people don't remember this now because he doesn't produce anymore. But there was a time when Eminem was like one considered one of the great producers mm-hmm. in in hip hop, like in the um, early two thousands, man. And and albums like this and Eight Mile and even the stuff he ended up doing on Encore was reasons why because when he had a certain sound, but he just sounded so good over it. And then when he was able to get Jay and Nas to sound so good over it too, it was kind of right. like okay, well. Let, let's pay attention. His his production credits. He, um, I'm kind of sad he doesn't do it anymore. Um, that he doesn't produce as much because 
but also I think when he came back, I feel like that was one of the reasons he, he felt bogged down and started branching back out after a relapse. Right. So I think he did most of the relapse, and then he's kind of like, I need to freshen up my sound. And I think that's which is why commendable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, take the ego out their way and just and just get back right. into it. And somehow I'm on to say what you say lyrics. I need to be back on say uh, say goodbye to Hollywood. Um, this is a song about the the pistol whipping man. Right. Exactly. Uh, says the whole ordeal in the parking lot with Kim, and um, obviously it had been reported uh, that M had um, troubles and things like that. Um, and th- this is a, another great thing that I love about Eminem. Um, he's such a great storyteller. When he just focuses on want to tell a story, we saw a lot of that was on Stan, uh, one of his another top five Eminem record probably of all time. Top and, ten hip hop record of all time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's in Webster's Dictionary uh, uh, to be a stand of somebody. So mm-hmm. um, just from that one record 20 years ago. Uh, but yeah, do you have any uh, bars that stuck out from this that you wanted to talk uh, about? I do, but they're not really like uh, bars in a lyrical sense. They're just kind of like yeah. letting you know what he's going through. So it's like the one I mentioned, done, uh, sold so many records, I don't want to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Thank God I got a little girl. But this is the, the biggest one for me. And you can kind of tell where I was at in my childhood. All I know is I don't want to follow in the footsteps to be like my dad. I hate him so bad. The worst fear I have is to be like his fucking ass. And the way that he said it, I was like, he talks about his mom a lot, but he, there's a lot of resentment that he holds for his father. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even going back to Marshmallow's LP too, uh, mm-hmm. he, he still was, has that same resentment. Um, th- This record is another mature record where, mm-hmm. Marshall Mathers, um, Eminem may have been silly and made some things up and it, like he's he's really been through some shit now is the thing. He's he's lived his he's lived uh, as Eminem as this big megastar for like three years at this point. He's recording his music and everything else was leading up to it was him on the rise. And so he was taking stories from when he was younger and then using his imagination. He didn't have to use his imagination so much anymore. Ooh. Life was his inspiration on this whole record for sure. Yeah, yeah, and um, and it definitely comes through. And it's just it's simp- and some some may say that this is one of the more simplistic records on a um on the album. I can kind of see that, but mm-hmm. again, the truth is just sitting this whole record free. So that it definitely is an A plus all the way for me. Yeah, can't can't uh, argue with that. I mean, honestly, I mean most of these records are at least B plus. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no, I'll, I'll give drips a D yeah. at best only cause mm-hmm. I can't help but listen to it <laughs> and I have a problem. Um, but, uh, going from, uh, cleaning or cleaning, say goodbye to Hollywood. Um, no, we're not going to clean out my closet. I'm going to my favorite song on the album. The song that made me really stand up and be like, yo, this kid is not playing anymore. And even though he's older than me, he was a kid. <laughs> uh, that would be Till I Collapse featured Nate Dogg. Yes. Legendary. Nate Dogg is, I'll go on the record and say he is the best hook person ever. Yes. Ever. Hook God. G-A-W-D ever. for sure. And just a whole persona. And like, I don't know too much about him, but to me, he's one of the coolest people in the world is the way that he yeah. carried himself on records. Yes. Comes off, till the lights go out, till my leg give out, can't shut my mouth, till the smoke clears out, and my high, I'ma rip this shit, till my bone pull out, till the roof 
comes off, so the lights go out, so my legs give out, can't shut my shut mouth, mouth. so the smoke yes. clears out, am I high perhaps, I'ma rip this shit till my bones collapse, until the roof, <laughs> the roof comes off. Chills, man, I'm getting them right now, I mean, that is a legendary record, man, and it's a perfect workout record, too, it's like, you beat me to it, such a great rec- workout record, yeah. such a good workout record, Um, I freestyled over this record. Uh, a few months after this came out, it was terrible, but I really thought I did something with it. But the third verse alone is mm-hmm. is Hall of oh, not even third verse. Where, where where is it? Where he's naming everybody? It, it's I think the it, second is it verse. The second, yeah, it's the second verse. Yeah, every verse is great, but that the second verse, the whole thing is quotable. But and then he's like. <sighs> Cause I'm at the end of my wits with half of the shit that gets in. I got a list. Here's the order of my list that's in. It goes Reggie, Jay-Z, Tupac, and Biggie, Andre from Outcast, Jada, Corrupt Nas, and then me. But in this industry, I'm the cause of a lot of envy. So when I'm put not put on this list, the shit does not offend me. Mm-hmm. Like for he's on his third album, Lance. And he was already getting a lot of love in hip hop. Obviously, he had gotten past the whole white boy thing, even though he's always right. going to have that white boy. He is a white boy. He's always going to have yeah. that about him. But for him to be like, look, I'm going to take the time on his second verse on damn near the end of the album to just tell you how I feel about rappers. He goes Reggie. Redman, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most slept on MCs of all time. Uh, since, since we're talking about it, Redman was my number 11 out of 30 when I did it oh, a few wow. years back. Yeah, wow. I've always been a big Redman fan. Um, I remember him talking about in early interviews how much he loved Redman. Goes to Jay, mm-hmm. um, who was on the verge of retiring, but he was also at the peak of his pow- powers in the early 2000s. Tupac, and we found out in a couple years later how much Tupac influenced him when he was like doing the production and stuff for uh, mm-hmm. some of his poss- posthumous albums. Biggie, shouts out Andre. Before yeah, a lot of that people. one, at that, t- I was, I mean... I know who Outcast is right and stuff as at, at the age, but I was just like, really him at that age. Right. Nobody like, okay. real hip hop heads was giving him the credit. Right. Like, Andre from 3000, Dre or Dre from Outcast. He's great. He's great. Right. But for Eminem to go on be the most popular rapper in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. And then shout out Andre of all people. That made people take more notice of Andre than what Andre had already done. Right. And then Andre went on to have this even more credible, incredible career going forward. And, and I think his first. solo career started around this time too, with the speaker yeah. box and love. Yeah. I think that literally was happening love around a year when later. this album came out. Yeah. Yeah. I love below yeah. was a year later. Shouts out Jada. Jada only had two locks albums and his first solo album yeah. out. Shouts out Jada corrupt of all people. Who Eminem another, is a hip hop head. Y'all if he y'all is, haven't noticed is a hip hop head. So say what you want about him hip-hop head he he respects the culture and he loves it so he lives it corrupt young Gotti, um another one of my favorite uh, rappers when i was younger like his second album uh the streets oh what was it called the streets is a mother that was the second album Uh, a lot of good a lot of good raps on that album man um uh and then Nas, of course and then him right like this is his third official album and he's like look this is what it is. I'm feeling myself here. And then just take mm-hmm. this and, and then I'm going to keep going and drop another uh, yeah. five bars on you. I mean, 
Fort so Worth. this this line that I'm about to tell you right here yeah. is kind of like telling, right? This is how I kind of feel about him now. And he goes, this is your moment. And every second you spend trying to hold on to it because you may never get it again, I'll probably never get the props I feel I deserve. Like those two lines. Like that first one, it's just like he had that moment, which is the Eminem show. And this is, like you said, his peak, his lyrical peak, everything. Like, I mean, yeah, you could say he's lyrical now, but he doesn't sound good to me. Like it doesn't, it's not easy on the ears, right? But this was yeah. like everything was hitting. He was popular. He wasn't really cringe. And I feel he never got this moment again. I mean, yeah, he has a lot of fans. And I mean, like white America kind of speaks to his fans, like a, mm -hmm. a bunch of white people that swear he does no wrong, which are all in my Facebook feeds when I talk about Eminem. Uh -huh. uh, yes. But mm -hmm. that, this is your moment. And every second you spend trying to hold on to it because you may never get it again. I mean, because and he, uh, to me, he's never had it again. And I used to pull for him when he got out of the, you know, when he got out of uh, rehab and all that. After proof that I was like, man, I really want Eminem to 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 come out with something classic again. And unfortunately, yeah. we never got that. And there was moments on uh, Encore, which for the most part is not a great record, but there <laughs> are some really good songs on it. Yes. Including the song about him going in this you know, I always had rumors about the black girl track that he made. I never mm -hmm. heard it, right? But right. he addressed it. And I was like, that's one of the best stories I've ever heard. And like, he owned up to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but besides yeah. that, I, to me, I'm, I'm not big on his super yelling rap and rapping just to rap, but not really saying anything. And Rap God, to me, has to be one of the most corniest, corniest songs I've heard in a long time. Rap, do rap Dog. Rap God has not aged well. People were swearing by that. And then people were, you know, I went to some some club and they tried to play it. And I was like, what are we doing what? here? It was a How hookah lounge. To, man, I feel like it, it's one of these where they're just like, what are you going to rap? What are you going to dance like this? One of these robots? You know, like, I don't understand. Like you had to been popping X to think that was like a, a club jam. Right. And oh, it just I never felt this way about Eminem again. And when he said that, I was like, man, I kind of wanted to cry because I was like, Eminem is in my top five still just off of his first three albums. Yes. Even Infinite yeah. was not that bad to me. But So let's talk about something that really bothered, bothered me recently that everybody swore, oh, it was so hot. It was so hot. It was mm -hmm. so dope. Can we talk about Killshot real quick? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't yeah. listen too much because I, I'm just, I'm done with him. Yeah. So you can say whatever you want, but I'll tell you now. I didn't listen to all of it, and like I'm just done with him, man, because he's rapping like he has to prove something now, and he doesn't have to prove he anything. Doesn't have to prove anything, that exactly. Um, of course, a few years ago, Machine Gun Kelly said he wanted a bowl of cereal and diss him, and then outside of his tour bus, and record a video, put he it out for advice. He he, uh, uh, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but he came very, he definitely came proper. Okay. Um, but here's, here's the thing. The machine gun Kelly, uh, the Eminem disc from machine gun Kelly MGK was fine. It's like, Oh, cool. And of course I was like, he doesn't have to respond. He can just leave this alone. He doesn't need to do it. And then when he did it, I was like, okay, he did a diss. When he drops a diss, though, it's got to be nail in the coffin level in my mind. It, that's the standard now. If Eminem's coming for you, it has to be nail in the coffin or the sauce. Right. Has to be one of those records. Killshot is meh. He did enough to, oh, he's like, did you hear what he said? I'm like, yeah, but I mean, 
I have more fans than you. Blah blah blah. Okay, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Uh, come on, man. Like, this is the same man who just sat there and ripped Ray Benzino for who another guy he had had no business speaking to back then. No. Ripped him and just and just took him to task and then what and then jumped in 50s beast and was going after um murder inc and stuff and like was just vicious and was just constantly going at it and it got so bad that he literally again was making records about how he thought somebody would die from the beef on the encore toy soldiers toy soldiers yes beautiful record yes yes one of the good records from encore beautiful and kill shot was just eh, you know so I, I was just not moved. I was like, "Eh, good for you, M. You you won. You did enough. You showed up when you didn't have to." Uh, but let's pass it back to you, Lance. Uh, what's another record you want to talk about? All right. So I know now this record. I mean, people give it stuff now, and I guess maybe some people don't necessarily like the hook, but I think it's a very important song. Cleaning out my closet. Oh. I've listened to that record this morning. Yeah. And I was like, I got so sick of it when it was out. And even in, in years after I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. But yeah. re listen to this record for the first time. in I don't know how long it's been since I ran the Eminem show. Um, God bless America. This is just a good song. Man. This is why I'm an Eminem fan. I mean, he's just so raw and unforgiving with telling the truth and expressing. I mean, this is some of the stuff that's in this record. The song that happened to Eminem when he was younger, and this is just very heartbreaking. I mean, yeah. it happened happened to him, right? We we think it happened to him, right? Yeah, that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And if it did, then it's very heartbreaking that it's happened to a child. Uh, <sighs> I'll I'll go off the bat, and when he says, "Remember when Ronnie died, and you said you wished it was me," which I believe was his brother, his uncle. Uh, Ronnie was his uncle, I think. Uncle, right? And he, yeah, he, Pat, he committed suicide, correct? Was that what it was? I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. I don't right want to mess it up. I want to say he committed suicide, but I don't want to. I don't, obviously don't want to get wrong. Be wrong about that. All right, I'm looking it up right now. Ronnie uh, was Eminem's grandmother's sixth child, so it was his uncle. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it would have been his mom's bro- his mom's brother. So he was only two months older than Marshall, though. Uh, um, I have I have. Family members like that too. It gets really weird. Yeah, yeah. And I'm scrolling to see what happened to him. Um, uh, let's see. Hard to find stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, because people bury it in the. Yeah. How did Ronnie die? Oh, look, Eminem. Shout out to Google. Let's see. Um, okay, talking about Eminem ever makes song to kill Uncle Ronnie. Okay, yeah. Ronnie did kill himself. Yes. Yeah, I think I remember. And that's just, and you hearing your mother tell you. You should have died. She wishes her son was dead compared yeah. to her brother. Like, oh my God, Debbie. <sighs> even if, even if, even if say Eminem was in the wrong one, whatever they're arguing about, you should never tell your kid that, right? No, never. I mean, that, that, uh, my whole life I was made to think I was sick when I wasn't. You'll never see her. She won't be at your funeral, referring to obviously Haley. And then, I mean, smartest shit I did was take those bullets out of that gun, which is referring to Kim and all that. Back so there was just a lot yeah. of gems, like big time gems dropped in this one. And it's just very heartbreaking song, but man, it, it was so good. 
I mean, the first four bars. Have you ever been hated or discriminated against? I have. I've been protested and demonstrated against. Picket signs for my wicked rhymes. Look at the times. Have you ever been hated or discriminated against? I have. I've been protested and demonstrated against. Picket signs for my wicked rhymes. Look at the times. Sick is the mind of the motherfucking kid that's behind all this commotion. Emotions run deep as oceans explode. Oh, man. Like, that, that's, that was a single. Radio played this song yes. in 2002, yeah. man. They, they, I they... think TRL had it, too. I mean, it was one of those where even... Oh, it was a big TRL Even record. a poppy show like TRL is going to play 30 seconds of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... uh, uh Oh, man, that, that's just a hard way to start out a record, man. And M, M is not playing at all. No. Like, and, and I know that his thing, especially by this time, he did the silly single to kind of appease the label and and get her all the girls and everything and TRL really pick up his record and get everything moving. But you this you could tell this record was completely for Marshall Bruce Mathers, man. And what a record. And the and the hook is iconic. Freaking iconic. Yeah. The video, I mean once again, the video where it's uh I believe she's he's stealing pills or his mother selling uh stealing pills and it's yeah. just a bunch of stuff, he's and I think he's literally digging. Stuff. He's digging something. I think he's digging a grave, or he's doing something in the video. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I if I can remember yes. correctly, yeah. It's, I mean, this is back when video. I mean, I used to love coming home and watching like MTV jams or whatever, yes. and just seeing these videos, man. Now it's just like Rap City. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Big Tigger and all that. Uh, but yeah, that that was back when videos mattered, and now it's just like I mean, their WAP is a great video, right? But I mean, it's not yes. as Great video, but it's it's just not like it was back then, man. No, man. Like, can you? They would. It would never fly. But, um, well, you remember when videos were, whenever a video was too spicy for TV, um, they would they would like trim it down and then only show a little bit. Like even when it wasn't TRL, like like old Madonna videos and stuff like that. They're like, we're we're only going to show you like two minutes of this video, right? Because the rest <laughs> is somebody doing oral on Madonna, and we can't show that. So. <laughs> Like the, if if WAP was on um on a TRL right now, it would like be the first ten seconds. Like I want the number one record to be WAP. Like all right, yeah. it's Me- Megan Thee Stallion and uh Cardi B. They show the Kylie spot and then they stop the video. Yeah, it just be Kylie when they're staring at him. <laughs> yeah, and when there's no music. Yeah. Oh uh, Kylie. Oh Kylie. Yeah. Still a great um, video, but I I don't understand. But I do, but I I don't really think they needed to bring her into this into that. Yeah, and then I saw a fake tweet that uh, Cardi had supposedly says like, "Yeah, we put that put her in there so that," and then we stopped everything to show that she didn't matter, and we were like, "What is she doing here?" But it was a fake tweet because I was like, "There's right. no way Cardi actually yeah. said that after she." Cardi's a little her. smarter than that, right? She's <laughs> Cardi's a, a bit more media trained. Woman. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. Businesswoman. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see. I want to talk. Uh, let's do one more track each, unless you uh, okay. got something else that you wanted to get to and we'll just see what uh, happens. yeah we can yeah we can we can do that okay um i want to talk about square dance there we go i was wondering um, when you were going to get to that one yeah so you look at the track list you, for someone who's never listened to uh the m&m show and you see a song he has named square dance and you're like <laughs> and maybe you're familiar with encore or some of his goofy songs and you're like oh man did he really do a song about square dancing yes he did but but he made the dopest square dance record in hip-hop history <laughs> he absolutely did and he took on everybody's 
every underground rap fan's favorite MC at the time, who I never personally was into, mm-hmm. Cannabis. Yes. And he and he kind and he kind of held his own against everybody who everybody annoyed in Cannabis the next mm-hmm. night. He's gonna be the next great yeah, thing, next right. big thing. Mm-hmm. And and he he just kind of he took it to him, man. Um, he took it to him because, and this is again Eminem not letting things go, which he's still not doing today. But mm-hmm. let let let's take it back, like in the two thousands, two thousand one, like when uh Devil's Night and stuff was coming out. Uh, he had problems with Everlast, and he uh he made a comment to Everlast. So Everlast decides I'm gonna diss Eminem, and then Eminem's like, uh, not so fast, uh, Everlast. I'm gonna diss you back, and then I'm gonna mm-hmm. put out another song with D12 on top of it. Eminem didn't let anything go, so. Was that the girls' record? Yeah, yeah, girls. Girls was a second disc, which was a hidden. I think it was a hidden track on one of those albums. Yeah, it was on on Devil's Night, I believe. Yeah, I think it was hidden. You had to wait until another song was over, and then it would play. Yeah, yeah. Back when albums did stuff like that, you know, physical albums, obviously. Yeah, that was that was that was badass. That's the reason why I didn't know that the Blueprint or not the Blueprint, uh, Life and Times, the Sean Carter Volume Three had bonus tracks. Cause I didn't realize that there, there was silence at the end of the last track for a reason. And then Jigga, uh, Jigga, my came on. I was like, dun, dun. I was like, <laughs> music on here. How long have I had this CD? But it was a response to cannabis's record draft me, which I've never heard in my life. Uh, but, uh, me neither. I didn't know there was such a record. Yeah. And genius says, uh, Song may be a direct response to Cannabis' song Draft Me, which ah. Cannabis threatens an unnamed rival, expressed desire to fight in the, in the war on terror, even including a quote by George Bush in the song. In Square Dance, Eminem attacks Cannabis and delivers an anti-draft, anti-war, anti-Bush. He does. He does. Which he says some real shit on there. Uh, he goes, uh, what does he say? He goes. He jumps right in. He goes, you laugh until your ass gets drafted. And at, at some point he goes, I'm 28. They're going to take you before they take me, which is so real. And I'm 30. So I'm like, yeah, I can re- definitely relate to that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the first two bars, never been the type to bend or buzz, the wrong button to push, no friend to bush. I'm the centerpiece. You're a Maltese, but Pitbull off his lease. All this peace talk can cease at six bars in. And then he, Man. and then towards the end, can I bitch don't want no beef with Slim? No, no. not even <laughs> on my radar. So won't you please jump off my dick, lay off and stay off. And the, the flow, we haven't talked a lot about the flow. We've been talking about a lot of the lyrics, man. Right. But M, the reason why his beats work so well for him in this era is M was always someone who wanted to find the weirdest part of the beat to ride mm-hmm. and just get in that pocket. Mm-hmm. Like the the square dance theme of this fits so perfect because he can just play with his flow and do all kinds of things, um, and and just make it sound so smooth and so cool the whole whole track through. What makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle? Fear, salutations. I'm Melisette. And on A Frightful Fret with Melisette, I read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast. Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A Frightful Fret with Melisette. Available everywhere podcasts are and find us at afrightfulfret.net. Don't forget... And 
I think you could argue that Eminem could probably be one of the only obviously like well-known rappers that could probably rap to this beat as well and make it yeah. sound good. Because this is definitely like Eminem beat to me. Mm-hmm. This is like on YouTube. Uh, Eminem type beat? Sound, yeah, like sound click or whatever. Eminem sounded beat. Like that is literally an Eminem sounded beat. Yep, you yeah. got it. And, yeah. and then the hook is just, come on now. Let's all get on down. Host it down. down. Like, come on. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. There ain't nothing to worry about. Let your hair down. Square dance with me. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's still, he's still made. I mean, those lines about the draft, I mean, those are that's some serious shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he uses a song about square dancing to make all these serious political statements, man. And even at the end, he he's getting more. He's getting back into just uh just talking shit and and just kind of just being more on some just some rapidy rap stuff. Because the first the second verse is when he really goes in, right. uh, talking about the the anthrax napkin. Yeah, you laugh till your motherfucking ass gets drafted when you're a damn thinking the crap can't happen. Do you fuck around get an anthrax napkin inside a pack? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, anthrax was a thing. That's right. Yeah. I used to yeah, be afraid a- to get my le- uh my letters from my grandparents back in the day when I checked the mail for them. I was always scared to check the mail. Yeah, because anthrax started like right after September 11th, right. man. So everybody yeah. was like losing their minds. I absolutely remember that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Eminem made a square dance record and made it probably better than anybody that I could think of off the top of my head could. For sure. So and this cannabis in the same set in the yeah. same breath, which I was and look, cannabis to me had the better verse on that uh, knockout four Second three round, two one or whatever. Oh, the four three or, two one. Yeah. yeah, whatever that that album or that song mm-hmm. where you yeah, know the LL infamous cool thing with LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. So I will always hold cannabis in high in that regard, but I think he's one of those ten ten. Uh, tin hat foil or whatever rappers that are kind of just like <laughs> little ridiculous and out there. Yes. Yeah. And obviously the battle with disaster, if you're not familiar, he battled yes. on King of the Dot and made an absolute fool of himself. So yeah. yeah. I, I did hear about that. Hard to um, uh go to war for him right there. Do you know the story about four three two one and what LL did to him though? Yeah, so I think it was because I watched the beef series, which is hey, yes. if y'all never seen the QD three entertainment series beef. I got him over there. You got to watch it. Uh, Yeah, so he pretty much talked about taking the mic off of LL's arm, I guess. Right, and let me borrow that. Yeah. He was paying homage. Like, let me borrow that. Yes, and LL Cool G being the sensitive, uh, egotistical person that he is, took it as a fence, and he wrote his verse, which is crazy, replying in the same song. And supposedly, Candace is like, okay, well, obviously, I don't want no problems. I'm going to take my, I'm going to change up my verse. Well, LL Cool J didn't. And then that's how right. their beef started, which is it's very disrespectful, man. That's that's, that's so shitty to do to yeah. up and coming artists. Cannabis was an up and coming artist and was there probably. Yeah, he was gonna be something big, and I think that really hurt his momentum, you know. Yeah, and then Cannabis came back with second round knockout, and which everybody great, was like, <laughs> "Mike Tyson was voiced yeah, on there." I Mike mean, Tyson on there. Yes, a very good disc record, probably one yes. of the Cannabis records I I, I do enjoy. Um, and then LL came back though with uh, the Ripper Strikes Back though. Have you and and yeah. that was just a hard ninety ninety percent of your fans don't exist. Exist. Yeah. yeah, LL Cool J yeah. used to rap guys. I, he's not just on uh, CSI LA or whatever the hell he is on now. All right, yeah, he used to rap he, and he used to kick your favorite rapper's ass. I'm just saying. 
woke up a sleeping giant because uh, it had been a minute since that LL yeah. been around, man. Yeah. And I heard the River Strikes Back, and I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. I mean, I heard it later. You know, when I was when I was younger, I didn't know LL as a rapper. I knew him as the the chef on Deep Blue Sea. Uh, so yeah, I had to go back to check these records. Fucking and obviously, shark ate me. Yeah, and that's an underrated shark film, by the way. It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> uh, but oh, what were you saying? Uh, uh, you were talking about um, LL being reawakened and stuff. Yeah, and right. Uh, did you want to talk about? Uh, I guess my last track for the album, or did you have? Uh, Absolutely. All right. <laughs> I don't know right. why I, I make that dra- big dramatic pause. Yeah, let's talk about your uh, last track that you want so to talk about. So you cannot not mention this song. I mean, this is one of the best instrumentals, and it's just Eminem being very aggressive and in, in, in just not giving a fuck. It's Soldier. Oh, yes. Yeah. Soldier. Yes. I mean, he was yes. going at it. I mean, one of my favorite lines in there is saying, you can smell the lawsuit when I walk in the room. I was like, because everybody was suing him. Yeah. I mean, that guy was going crazy. And there was a whole, I think it's the the sound of Kim as she licks on, on a cock and all this shit. I was just like, man, he was just going the fuck in. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, man. So soldier is such a, such a hard record and it's Eminem made a lot of crazy threats uh, yes. prior to this. And it was never like totally believable. But with the whole pistol whipping incident, ironically enough, Eminem had street cred now. <laughs> so when he started, when he makes a record like this, after uh, people know that he had a gun and he uh, he pistol whipped the dude he saw him making out with his wife and everything, like people started taking him seriously, and like he he couldn't pull off this record prior yeah. to any of that happening. This is true. But the beat is uh, again that's an Eminem production, and man. The beat is the beat is great, and it's just it's just straightforward, man. Like he just gets in there, and then he finds his pocket, and he just starts ripping, man. Of uh, what what uh, lyrics stood out to you on this record? Never was a thug, just infatuated with guns. Never was a gangster till I graduated to one and got the rap of a villain, the weapon concealing. Took the image of a thug, captured it. The first one I listened was never was a thug, just infatuated with guns. Yes. <laughs> Never I was mean, a gangster until I graduated to one. Yes. And it's, and it's kind of like this is when Eminem was starting to say more gangster-inspired lyrics. I mean, yeah, he was having violent lyrics, but these are like gangster kind of yeah. lyrics to me anyways. Yeah. It's what I heard. Because I was like, I'm used to him saying shit about killing someone or whatever, but this sounded more realistic. Like he, w- he is really thinking about doing not just because he's, he's high on drugs. Mm-hmm. This is like he's in a room messing with you know his gun looking at it and saying, I really want to kill this motherfucker. Like, yeah. not just because he's high as fuck. This is super aggressive, and I fucks with this record so hard. Yeah. And it really, I mean, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, man, I, I, I remember myself being young and thinking I was tough and shit and, and wanting to fight and all this. And I was like, now I know why I was, I'm listening to this fucking song, man. Right. Super aggressive. It definitely will, will put you in the mood. Um, the last four bars of verse three, uh, full of controversy till I retire my jersey till the fire inside dies and yeah, expires yeah, retire at 30. At 30. The Lord have mercy on any more of these rappers that verse me and put a curse on authorities in the face of adversity. I'm a soldier. Na, 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 na. Yeah. Yep. 
like you said, Eminem's production doesn't get talked about enough. It it, it really it really does not, man. Because this it this was his era, man. Like he was the best over his beats, and I'm sad that he went away from it. But yeah, um, because I I would expect as a producer, especially as into it as he was, because I was reading right. Scratch magazine interviews with him, the production magazine, and came out like years ago, where uh, they were talking about his his process. He he was into all of it, like. He had he's in the equipment and the drums and the sampling and all like he knew his shit. It wasn't just like uh, you know just mess around a little bit and make some beats and rap over them. Right. No, it was like I know my shit just like yeah. I know my rap. You know, that's what um, happens when you work under Dr. Dre. I mean, he learned a lot, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah, and the, and the uh, Bass Brothers too, uh, who produced a lot of the the first two albums as well. Mm. I know he got a lot from them as well. Cause uh, Je- Jeff Bass is credited on some of these as well, but soldiers are great, a great record. And uh, even uh, not even better, but uh, added bonus was the fact that when 50 went on his run a year later and the G unit mixtape started coming out, they had the that G unit version of the soldier. Yeah. Oh man. Like they just, they killed that man. And then they that, ended up that whole era, man. I, I really, in a time capsule, go back in time and just and just feel that nostalgia again. Fifty yeah. Cent being actually good at rapping and his crew, Lloyd Banks, which is one of my favorite artists. I, I want to give a shout out to him. Yeah, he's not as big anymore, but he grew lyrically. Yeah. He changed up. He's not just a slow punchline dude. He switched up his flow. He's actually making songs, not just making punchline songs. Mm-hmm. I mean that that whole era, man. I mean that was a sweet time for me for hip hop early 2000s Jay-Z Nas even like Ja Rule with all the the uh, radio records Nelly mm-hmm. I mean Eminem fun time in hip hop and also very lyrical and uh and uh very uh bunch of rivals in there we'll say you know Just yeah there, a lot there going was on a, a lot it was never a dull moment man no. like um I, I'm not going to get my old man hat on and talk about music today but um I was I was fresh out of high school going to college, man, and like uh music was everywhere thanks to the internet and stuff and at like we were hanging on like all these rappers uh every word literally and like their videos would mean something and then uh you, you would read the magazines and the interviews and the mixtapes would come out and it, it literally was just everybody swinging for the fences, at least from two thousand up until two thousand and Five, I'd say safe to yeah, say, yeah. yeah. And that's to me, uh, to me, a little bit. That is my, obviously the '90s golden era of hip hop to me, but that is mm-hmm. my golden era is the early 2000s to 2005. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a be- beautiful era, man. Uh, I mean, that's another idea. So we're gonna do a button episode, we're gonna do a Royce episode. And we'll turn and talk about hip hop from 2000 to 2005. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, with this, I, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Just let me know, and I'm down. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so this has been a lot of fun. Um, I want to just do a couple shout-outs to some of the records we didn't talk about. Like, probably my one of my favorite D12 uh, songs on Eminem record, mm-hmm. When the Music Stops is on here. Yeah. Such a good record. Even bizarre. D12 sounds mature. <laughs> well, yeah, Bizarre is going to Bizarre, as we talk about. Let's <sighs> let's go see what Bizarre had to say on this record real quick. <laughs> he, he had one good line that I thought of. Ludacris told me to throw them bows. Now I'm in the hospital with a broken nose or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that was good. That was good. Um, yeah, I mean, transvestite in the front, Eddie Murphy in the back. 
MOP had me grimy and gritty. Marilyn Manson, I dyed my hair blue and grew some titties. Ludacris told me to throw them bows. Now I'm in the hospital with a broken nose and a fractured elbow. Voices in my head. I'm going in for shock. I'm reaching for the Glock, but the music stops. And then, yeah, a great, great D12 record, man, uh, on Eminem album. Um, Because I just wanted to shout that out. Uh, And then also, anything else? Uh, Shout out to Superman, of course. Very um, popular song, and I just—it's very. I mean, Drake even uh, one of his that that new. It's not really an album that he came out with, but it's a bunch of throwaway tracks. Yeah, he has a flow where he kind of bites off of the. Uh, oh, he he bites heavy off of that. Yeah, he bites so, heavy off. Superman. That's Let huge. Me see. That's a that's a huge. Eighteen years later, he's definitely um calling for. Let let's see, because I know here's the interpolations here. Uh, the Chicago freestyle. Yeah, um, yeah. He, there's definitely bars where he's uh, borrowing heavy on. It was dark. I do know one thing. No, bump, bump. They come, they go. That ain't yeah. through Sunday, Monday. Yeah, which was very catchy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's one thing that Drake is never not, and that's catchy. Yeah, he knows how to be catchy. He he fails me sometimes in other areas, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Except for the TikTok song, I'm like, I appreciated his his tour of his house, but yeah. I didn't like the song. I, I took it for what it was, just because it reminded me of a uh, younger, uh, younger Drizzy. Yeah, um, I didn't get too mad at that. Uh, so, final thoughts, Lance, on the Eminem show as a whole. The last great Eminem album. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue with that. Uh, it's it's my favorite Eminem album. I think we ranked them on Catch the Show when we did that um, for Marshall Mathers LP. But you know what? It's absolutely my favorite Eminem album too. It still holds up much more mature than Marshall Mathers or yes. Slim Shady or Encore for that matter. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Ass like that. The way you touch it. Uh, yeah. you move it. I, I do like that song that he made with, uh, it's like 50 cent OB. Uh, I think status quo is on it where he's talking. To, they're just talking about chicks, a chick in their life or something. And, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Encore, spend some time. Good records is the thing that really kills me. Um, yeah. it, it's been so long since I listened to it. Um, I'm trying to pull it up now because I, I well, really the accent song it. where he in the video I think he was making fun of Michael Jackson or whatever. Oh yeah, and he had an accent just, that was just really lose it. just lose it. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, see that's what I'm like, dude. Come on, but I get it. He always had to have those because, like you said, the record label needed him to have yeah. something like that to push, you know. But oh man, what yeah, could have been just, with that it, album? Spend some time. Spend some time with me. Yeah. with such a good that record. No record, man. Such a good record. And sometimes, like, and all of them went off, man. Like, 50, all of them, man. Yeah, that. And then uh, Encore, Curtains Down with yeah. uh, 50 and Dre on it is a right. great song. Right. Um, the Yellow oh, Wall, Yellow Brick, what is it called? The Yellow one we're Brick talking Road. about? Yellow that, Brick Road. That is a great record. And, and I, I just love that he finally addressed it. Yeah. Yeah. The album itself with the bonus songs is 23 mm-hmm. tracks. He That's probably could have gotten away with doing 11 tracks and it would have. It would have passed. That was back when people actually had more than seven songs on an album, guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me of uh, the Eight Mile soundtrack because there is another great sound uh, kill shot popped up. How did that happen? I don't even know what I did. Is it I the didn't... Fifty and Obi Trice? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. One of the hardest beats ever. S- such a good love me, ever. love me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that's a great record. And then there's one other one. Um, I think it was on the uh, one of DMX's movies. 
uh, not Romeo Must Die, but it's uh, Go to Sleep. Go to Sleep, bitch. Yeah. Die, that's, a, die, that's a diss, die. right? Isn't that a diss? Record? No, it, it's not a diss record, I don't think. Oh, wow. I, I, I just thought it, I mean, obviously you could always say it was Ja or, or Murder yeah, Inc. subliminal, you know. Oh, uh, Okay, let's see. Uh, Eminem and Obi were both part of Shady Aftermath, so it's natural Obi would help him with his beef with Ja Rule. However, it wasn't expected DMX to join in on this. Both were beefing with Ja at the time, so they decided to get mm-hmm. together for this. DMX only had a problem with Ja, but M directed this song of Benzino and Ja. There we yeah. go. Go to Sleep is such a good record, too. Uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> great. Just great time to be an Eminem fan. You'd be super oh. proud of him. Yeah. At that point in his career. Yeah, yeah man. Like, and and who knew that he was suffering from everything that he was suffering yeah. from at the time? I mean, mm-hmm. this is 2002, and Bob and three and five years later, he's like deep in on the um pills yeah. and everything, and he right. can't do anything, and he's gaining weight, and you're it looks just, really bad. Yeah, it looks really bad. And I and I saw that picture of him, really really puffy picture of. I think he's wearing a red shirt. Mm-hmm. And he's just really chunky looking. And I'm just like, man, something's wrong. I mean, I'm not used to I'm looking like this. I think that was after Proof had passed. Rest yep. in peace, Proof. And he, I mean, understandably so, he just went on the dark end because obviously yeah. Proof used to be his hype man and maybe was still his hype man at that point. But I mean, you know. Yeah, Proof was there, his hype man up until um, up until the day he died, man. That was his best yeah. friend. So Yeah, which is that, honestly that when I Proof found out about it. Yeah. Shout out, rest in peace to uh, what they call him, the mayor. Uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. called him the mayor. That sounds right. Obviously, a um, man with not, a lot of respect. Him the mayor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so Lance, um, what 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 is it that uh that tell people what it is you do exactly? Since okay. I just kind of threw you in here, and then uh, <laughs> tell people where they can where they can find you. So right now, I'm a Def Pen uh, basketball writer, DefPen.com. It's a New York uh, based publication. But of course, they were nice enough to let someone from the south in there. Um, other than that, so I, I will be. Yes, exactly. I will uh, start back with Fan Sided soon on the Smoking Cuban, which is a Dallas Mavericks website, and I used mm-hmm. to write for them, so I can't wait to come back to that. And I have a podcast coming soon, and I'm not going to shout it out now because it's not out yet. But just to let you know, I would love to have you on there because I'm doing two a week: one okay. for basketball, one for NBA, and then one for music, film, and other. Just uh, subcultures. So, well, love as Dr. On there. Dre would say, "Hell yeah!" Yes, <laughs> and just to, I guess, plug my Twitter uh, is uh, Lance L A N C E, of course, underscore nine seven two. Yep, absolutely. And I really want to thank you for having me on. It was no a man. Pleasure. Th- thank you, Lance. This is a lot of fun because, um, like I said, after we did Marshall Mathers, I was like. I don't know why we just did this because I, I don't really love this record as much as I love Eminem's show. And then you're like, I want to talk about Eminem's show. And then you pers- you were persistent. Yes. He persisted. And here we are. So uh, thank thank you, Lance, for uh, for uh, getting this done, man. This was a lot of fun. And we didn't even cover the whole album. But I mean, I, I think uh, we touched on everything I wanted to say about it. Best Eminem album ever. No doubt. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Lance, thank you so much for being here. Um, and uh, until next guy, next next guys, until <laughs> next time, guys. Uh, thank you for everybody who listens, and uh, you know, just be safe out there. Um, absolutely, and wear wear a mask. And if you don't, if you're not down with that, I got two words for you. Um, you know what those are. Uh, Lance is making the suck it sign. So there you go. Um, I say all that to say this though. Thanks, y'all.
You've been listening to Hyphen Nation, the Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast, hosted by Kellen Conley and his semi-regular co-host, Marcus Showin' Mad Love Robinson. Find Kellen at B Hyphen on Twitter, the B Hyphen on the Gram, and Hyphen Universe on Zuckerberg's Monster. Follow Marcus on Twitter and IG at Showin' Mad Love. Leave off the E to track him down. Email the show at behypen at gmail.com. As always, this has been a Hypen Podcast Group production. I'm Melisette of The Frightful Fret, and believe me when I say the best has not come yet. This is a Hyphen Podcast production. Are you not entertained?